Welcome in, boys and girls, to the Peach State Tailgate Sports Podcast. I'm Kenny Cochran, joined by my co-host, Mr. JQ. Oh, yeah. Episode 39. It's been a, a short sabbatical, about three weeks since we've been on here. A lot of things are going on. We had some uh, some sickness on my side of things, sickness on Jake's side of things, and then uh, just overall life, man. Oh, yeah. Conflicting schedules and getting back together. But, hey, we're back together when it counts because it is the most wonderful time of the year, baby. It's Braves baseball season. Hey, man, it's here. It's came. We're excited. Things are looking awfully great for our Atlanta Braves. And uh, I know I'm excited to talk about it, Kenny. I'm sure you are, too. Oh, yeah, dude, you know. I mean, you got the hat. I got the shirt. We're fired up. <laughs> it was a day game earlier, so we already got to see the boys go out there and handle some business. And, uh, I mean, I guess let's just kick this thing right off, dude. Um, how good does it feel to start off hot? Dude, it's it's crazy. I mean, we've been Braves fans for years, obviously. Um, You know, obviously, the rebuild years, you didn't expect much. But over the past, you know, four or five years, I don't think this Braves team has won a game on opening day since what, 2017. I mean, it's been, it's been years. And then you look at this hot start we got on, you know, I don't want to go too far ahead, but I mean, five and one right now through the first six games, two series against the Cardinals and the Nationals. You got to feel really, really good about that. Um, obviously, the National Series is a series you look at, you want to win at least two out of three, which the Braves did win two. And then you look at the Cardinals series, that's a series that you look at. Um, you know, Cardinals are a playoff contender. They're a World Series type team. And, uh, like I said, I don't want to jump. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but we definitely handled business in St. Louis. No, dude, and it's it's crazy to think too because, like you mentioned, it. I don't think we won an opening day game in however many years. And I mean, think about what's going on in the league right now. Five and one, like you just said, with the Braves, second best record in the league to the Tampa Bay Rays, who have the best record in the MLB in the past six seasons, if through through the first six games of the year, like. I mean, this is not only is it record breaking in general, but it's record breaking for the Braves, especially in recent memory. Because I mean, we're just notorious for starting off slow and then things pick up in September. This is what always happens. And look at last year. I don't want to say last year was a slow season because we still, you know, we're a hundred win team. But last year was a, a just a prime example of the starting off the year banged up and bruised up and not at your full capacity, and then as the year goes on. You know, you see the Mets collapse. So everybody knew the Mets were going to collapse. We predicted that on here for three months. But the Braves just play their best baseball towards the end of the year. And the best way to capitalize on that is to start playing better earlier. And I, I think one key factor going into this year is the depth on this team, dude. We've seen injuries plague this team every single year from different things. I know you talk about the World Series run where Ronnie went out and we didn't have him and still won the World Series. That was amazing, and just a testament to this coaching staff and the management staff and the teams and, you know, AA bringing in the right guys with Soler and Rosario and, and Jock and being able to build the team around who we already have, you know, minus one of the most electrifying players in baseball. But aside from Ronald, look at Mike Soroka. Look at Ozzie Albies. Like, look at all the rookies that have come up. Like, this has been we, – we've seen no shortage of not ideal – whether it's injuries or just guys missing time or just having a young guy that's, you know, unproven. Like, there have been situations through the past few seasons that were would be typically not ideal for a team. And to start off this year, I mean, still in that same boat, dude. I mean, we haven't seen Kyle Wright pitch yet. Mike Soroka got a late start. Max Fried's on the 15-day. Like, 
the team's not healthy completely and you start off five and one, like that's already check number one, it's different this year. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Now, uh, you know, we have we have suffered some stuff the pitching rotation. Um obviously you mentioned Max going down on the shelf after opening day. Um Kyle hasn't shown up yet. Uh that's gonna be coming soon. And uh Bryce Iglesias, the guy that's also in the IL, uh, big time. Yeah. Obviously, everybody knows he's one of the best, you know, back-ended relief guys in baseball. Um, but the good thing about this year that's different is that that lineup is 100% right now. I mean, you look at the Braves team right now, we're not missing anybody in that lineup, and it's really, really showing in these games. I mean, you're seeing damage done throughout the lineup. One through nine, we're seeing damage. And uh, the best thing to me is just seeing these guys at the top of the lineup really start the season, you know, hot. Um, and to me, the number one guy that surprised, well, not surprised me, but has impressed me the most is Ronald Acuna. He started at the very, very top. This dude has come back, and he is 100, uh, 110% healthy right now. You can tell by his play. Um, and the outfield, he's, you know, got a ton of range, gunning people down. Obviously, at the plate, um, we've seen him beat out, you know, two or three, you know, infield singles. Also, having a crazy, crazy good amount of, you know, high exit velocity hits, hard hit percentages through the roof right now. And then, uh, you know, you talk about guys like Matt Olson, number two hitter. Um, he has definitely had a little bit of like a hot and cold start to this season. Um, but you know the games that he has performed well, and he has performed very, very well. So that's impressive. Austin Riley's doing his thing still. You know, kind of getting the groove of things. He's had a couple of extra base hits over the past couple of nights, and uh, you know, Darno, Darno is on fire right now. Darno is getting, you know, seems like every time you turn on the game, Darno has is three for four with you know two singles and a double. So. This Braves lineup has really, really, really started the season hot, and I think that's really what propels us. Well, and I know we talk a lot about batting average and how it's not the flagship stat to measure performance, but you just talk about getting on base, man. Um, you just mentioned it with the top of the lineup, starting off the year hot, and you know, unlike what we've seen in the past few years. And look at our one through four hitters right now. The only one of those guys... That's batting under 300 to start the year is Austin Riley, who's batting 273 with a 976 OPS and is leading the team in home runs, or at least tied tied with home runs, whatever it is. But second, Matt Olson hit his third today. That's right, he did hit a bomb. Either way, dude, like when the worst hitter, average wise, in the top of your lineup is batting 273 and pushing home run leadership standards. You're doing pretty good. And and I feel like we're beating a dead horse, dude, because we, all offseason, we talked about these acquisitions that we brought in. You know, some of the guys stuck around. Some of the guys didn't. You know, I, I'm sure we'll dive into that at some point. But every single time we talked about a pitching depth piece or a, bat, or a you know, a, a, a lineup depth piece or outfielding depth piece, somebody come in and play left field. Every single time we talked about that, with the exception of Sean Murphy. It was somebody to come in and help this team with depth or help this team with a rotational aspect of things or a, uh, we need to give this guy a break, let's get this guy in there. You know, Sean Murphy's the only one that we expected to come in and just be like, yep, you're going to start day one, you're the guy, get in here and get ready. Like, other than that, that's all we talked about. And every single time, I feel like we just repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated that... When you are excited about bringing in rotational players to give your all-star players a rest, that's a good thing to be, you know, happy about. Oh, yeah. These teams are out here looking for a franchise position player in seven, six, seven different spots. 
because mm-hmm. they need to fill that many holes to even contend for a championship. And we're talking about depth pieces to bring in to give our guys a break because we've already won the championship because we're already loaded to win a championship. And, dude, when, when we're talking about this team, you talk about one through nine right now. It doesn't matter what set. It doesn't matter if it's Sean Murphy at catcher and, and Darno DHN or if it's if, – I mean, you can throw Pilar in there. It, it literally doesn't matter because every single game – with the exception of that one flukyish game against Washington, we've trotted out a one through nine that can attack you from every single angle. Yes. And that's utilizing the guys that we got excited about bringing in as depth pieces. Like, this team is so loaded right now, and it's unlike anything we've ever seen, at least anything I've ever seen, to my knowledge. I mean, for the Braves, at least. I mean, this team is reminiscent of, you know, this is what I imagined the Yankees felt like in the A-Rod Jeter days. I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to compare it to something else because I've literally never experienced it. I mean, I don't know how you feel, Jake. I mean, you talk about being an Atlanta sports fan or a Georgia sports fan. I know college is completely different from the pros and the dogs are loaded. But on the pro side of things, you know, the most glorious run I've ever experienced other than the World Series was the 2016 Falcons Super Bowl. And if you're trying to go apples to apples and compare the Braves roster to that 2016 Falcons roster. It's not even close. No, no. And uh, you're you're 100% right. This, to me, is the best team the Atlanta Braves has ran out on, you know, the first, to at least to start the season that yeah. I, I can remember. I mean, it, it, it's so much different because you look at last year. Um, Obviously, we thought that team was going to be good. You know, Ozzy was coming into the season healthy. Ronnie was coming into the season uh, but somewhat healthy, I guess. He was, you know, working his way back from the torn ACL. And uh, even the year before that, I mean, we had a solid team, but this year is different. And um, I think a lot of that actually become, comes from the pitching side of things. I mean, we, we, we've known Max is a stud for years. Yeah. Um, Charlie's been around. And uh, you could say, you know, two, three years ago, or whenever Charlie first came, we probably, you know, thought highly of him, more highly of him than we do today. Um, but nowadays, we account for guys like Kyle Wright, and we account for guys like Spencer Strider. Um, Spencer Strider probably being the more important of the two because he is a, you know, Cy Young candidate. Um, you know, top 10 pitcher in baseball type guy. Um, and then you look at the bullpen. I mean, we're also going into a season where a lot, most people project us as having the number one bullpen in baseball. Um, and if that rotation can maintain, you know, what they've done over at least this first, you know, first round through the rotation um, over, you know, next six months, seven months, uh, the Braves are going to be in very, very good shape because we're going to score runs. That's that's going to happen. Um, unless you're Mackenzie Gore. <laughs> Um, yeah. The Braves are going to be able to put up some stuff on you. Um, and we've shown it quick. We've, we've been jumping on these starters fast. It happened today. I want to say it's happened pretty much every game so far where the Braves have just attacked starters, you know, got them in trouble right from the jump. Yep. And, um, yeah, man, I, I agree with you, dude. I mean, you talk about we could break this team down from – and we already did, you know, full position breakdowns a few weeks back. So to spare you guys another hour-long conversation – you can look at this team and break them down from any way you want to. You can talk about the outfield. You can talk about the infield. You can talk about the catching gore. You can talk about the pitching staff. It, it literally doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, this team is generational in every aspect. And, I mean, you just think about the Braves and what we've been able to do, you know, through as a franchise. I mean, arguably and probably commonly known as the greatest starting pitching rotation of all time is the big three with Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz. Yes. And this is dang close, dude. 
I mean, I hate to, I don't want to be a blasphemous Braves fan, but you talk about three legitimate Cy Young candidates in their 20s. Yeah, I mean, modern day, it's about as close as I think you could probably get. You don't see, you don't see what you saw back then happen in today's mm-hmm. baseball. It just doesn't happen. I mean, back oh. then, I will say those guys did win seven consecutive Cy Young. So, I mean, that's a little bit yeah, different. That's ridiculous. Um, but when it comes to like guys that you can run out and you're pretty damn sure they're going to give you a great shot to win a win a baseball game, um, we definitely have three of them, and you know we haven't seen one of them yet with Kyle Wright. But, I mean, hell, you look at this list, you know, extended. I mean, Charlie, if, if Charlie can pitch a game like he pitched earlier in the week against St. Louis, um, we're going to be just fine. He, you know, didn't give up a long ball, which is a huge thing for Charlie. We know that really bit him last year. And I didn't. I don't think he hit any batters, which is another thing that bit, that bit him last year. I think Charlie, if he can maintain that, he'll be just fine. Um, like, I, we talk about Dylan Dodd. Um, I, I want to talk about him more a little bit later on because, good God, that dude is is a beast. And, uh, I mean, Bryce Elder. Look at what Bryce Elder came up and did today. Um, six innings pitch, no runs, three walks, three strikeouts, something like that. Um, he looked great, too. So, I mean, this Braves team has a ton of guys. It just seems like you can run out. And with this offense, it's going to be really, really hard to beat. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, if you're talking about the greatest pitching rotation of all time, and then you tried out five guys that – you can try it out at any given point in time. And that's, you know, talking about the back end guys, like you just said, with Chuck or with whoever gets there in the fifth spot. It doesn't matter if it's Dylan Dodd, Schuster, um, you know, Elder, like you just mentioned. It doesn't matter if we bring up, you know, Mike Soroka when he gets healthy. You know, these are all guys that we feel confident sending to the sending to the bump. And um you, you the the first three guys you mentioned with Max Fried, Spencer Strider, and Kyle Wright. We haven't seen Kyle Wright pitch this year, but Spencer Strider came out there and looked incredible. Mm-hmm. Max looked great. I mean, you talk about second in Cy Young voting, uh, National League Rookie of the Year runner-up to a Brave, and then Kyle Wright, who you know I believe got some Cy Young votes as well and led the league in wins or whatever. Yeah, like led league in wins. It's just crazy to think that this is these are all coming from you know twenty-something-year-old dudes that have had very very limited playing time. You know, in in the bigs, other than Max Reed, who's been a staple in this rotation for you know three years now, but it just goes to show, man, that if you do things right and you treat people right, like this Braves staff is known for, and you know, guys love playing in Atlanta. It doesn't matter who you ask; they love the morale, they love the coaching staff, the managing staff, whatever the facilities. I don't know what it is. But they like being here. You see guys take more team-friendly deals in Atlanta than they do anywhere else, and it's because they enjoy playing here. And I think if you put good players with good people in a good location, I mean, it's going to be a good team. It doesn't matter. Have we gotten lucky? Of course, dude. I mean, you you bring in a guy like Ronald Acuna, and then you trade for a guy like Matt Olson, pair him up with Austin Riley, and throw him out there in the field, and you've got three generational talents. And then you don't even consider bringing in Michael Harris, who ends up being the rookie of the year. Ozzie Albee's coming back from three, trading for Sean Murphy, still having Travis Darno in there. Like, it's just, the Braves come at you from so many different angles, and it's just hard to, to really pinpoint it right now. And I know we're riding high because we're starting the year hot, and we've never started the year hot before. And if we were talking any other time, we'd probably be beating ourselves up right now. But, dude, at the end of the day, it's a great time to be a Braves fan. And uh, we need yeah. to enjoy this team, dude. Because this is a... Uh, I don't think this is something a lot of fans get to experience. 
Yeah, and uh, it, it's so nice you mentioned it bringing all these guys in, having such a good uh, you know, morale going around around the city. Um, but you know, a lot of teams' championship windows are, are tight. I mean, you know, yeah. you, like, like the Chicago Cubs, they won one a couple years back. Kansas City was competing for one. Um, the Mets had made it to a World Series and went downhill, and then you know that now they're back. You know, somewhat near the top. Um, whenever you get close to that window where you can win a championship obviously teams want to push very very hard now we'll say this the Braves have done that differently you don't see the Braves going in at the deadline trading for a 34 year old outfielder that you know is having a career year that has one year left on their deal um or in the final season of their contract that's not what the Braves do um now they might I mean whenever you talk about a lower end guy like a Solaire or like a Jock Peterson or even like an Eddie Rosario who's still currently on the team um but now nowhere near like the big, big, big time deals because we don't have to. We develop our own guys. We know what type of guys we want in our system. Um, they're definitely confident in those type of guys. And uh, I mean, that's setting us up for, you know, a decade of championship contention compared to a year or two that some teams get to see. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it. I mean, and there's the other teams that, that stick around like this. Like, um, I mean, right off the dome, the Houston Astros. Mm-hmm. You the see Yankees. them lose... Yeah, you you see them lose pieces, teams like that. Even the Dodgers, I mean, they lose pieces. Obviously, the luxury tax and the, the way that these teams can structure their deals are a little bit different, but um, those are teams that can lose guys, bring guys in, and never really you know lose their stride. And um, the Braves really entered that realm about three years ago, and um, obviously you saw that result in the World Series win two years ago, and um, it's just... It feels good, man. I mean, the way that AA is really planning for the future, locking some of these guys up to good, you know, team-friendly deals and, you know, long-term deals and then bringing in the young guys. And, uh, you know, you saw the big fiasco with Vaughn Grissom, Braden Shoemaker, and Arcia to start the year. And obviously, Arcia is playing, you know, very, very good right now, so nobody's complaining about it. But just think about what that means for the for the organization. I mean, what is it, an, an extra year of team control if Vaughn stays in AAA until June 10th or something? Yeah, I believe it's something like that. I mean, it's just, you know, they're just one step ahead when it comes to things like that and setting us up for the future. And Yeah, we're set we're set up to win now, obviously, but, man, run through this roster and, and look at these guys and look at the age next to their name. It's uh, This is not just a, a one-and-done type deal. You know, it's been a while since we did a podcast, so I thought it'd be funny to kind of mention this. Um, The the wild roller coaster with the shortstop job was because... See, I think last time we did the podcast, we all kind of thought Vaughn had the job. Um, yeah. Vaughn was the guy that owned it. And then maybe like a week after we did the podcast, the Braden Shoemaker rumors started to come out. People started mm-hmm. saying that Braden Shoemaker was most likely to be the opening day starter. He had started, I think there was like a period of time where he'd started like five straight games in spring training at shortstop, and Vaughn was not playing short at all. So everybody kind of figured, okay, Vaughn's not playing short right now. So Shoemaker might and be They were the guy. both playing good. And they were both playing really, really good ball. Um, and then all out of nowhere, um, I want to say Vaughn Grissom played short, and he was like three for four in spring training. And then that same day, they optioned both Shoemaker and Vaughn. So we were like, oh, well, now we know who the shortstop is. It's Orlando. Ryan's pulling something out of his pocket. AA's pulling something out of the pocket. And now, you know, I, I think they have a good move. They they sent down both guys. Uh, right now, Shoemaker is playing second base and Gwinnett, and uh, we have Grissom playing short. The reason behind that is like, they're pretty confident in Shoemaker's defensive abilities at short. They, they kind of know what they have there. He's a you know an above average defensive shortstop. Where Vaughn Grissom, that's more of his problem is his yep. defense. So we got Vaughn down there getting some defensive reps. Obviously, Shoemaker is he needs to work a little bit more on the offensive side of the ball before we start to see him. 
And the good thing is both these guys, you know, I, I think they're both athletic enough and, you know, have enough ability and tools that they could be guys that could be, you know, utility guys if, you, if that needs to happen. Um, obviously, we look at Vaughn very, very highly, probably more highly than we look at Shoemaker. We look at Vaughn as being that, you know, future everyday starting shortstop. But, I mean, you look at a lot of championship contending teams. I mean, a lot of these guys, a lot of these teams do have that super utility guy on the team. So, I mean, it's not really a, a, a insult to say that. I mean, Chris Taylor is oh. a damn good baseball player, and he is a utility player. Exactly, exactly. I like that a lot. Jeff McNeil is a damn good baseball player, but he is a utility player. He play wherever there the hell go. he needs to play. Exactly right. I um, This kind of leads me to bring up a point. This is something that I hinted at in the live before we kicked it off. And I've thought about it a couple times. I think we all have, but now it's just more prominent than ever. Um, obviously, guys, if you listen to the podcast right now, hop in the YouTube a little bit beforehand, usually about 9, 9.05, right before we kick off the recording, get in here, get a little pre-episode BSing in. Um, Jake. Go ahead. I'm ready. Is this the question? This is the question. Okay. And I'm going to kind of ramble for, you know, maybe a minute and a half here. That's fine. Ramble Then I'm going to give you the floor, and I just want to hear what you have to say I'm gonna, about it. Because... I'm going to brew an answer in my head while you ramble. So, we talked about him. We mentioned him. He was in the conversation with other guys that we've already mentioned on this podcast. When the time came to bring up two guys to insert into that starting rotation for the Kyle Wright spot and the fifth spot, the clear number one and two picks were Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd. Yes. It was clearly it. Brought him up. Schuster started off rough. He gathered himself a little bit. Not the greatest outing, but, you know, gave you something to look forward to. Dylan Dodd came in, looked great. You know, no complaints. Excited about both of those guys. Would love to see him again. Want to see him develop. Want to see him play. We talked about Mike Soroka, obviously dealing with the injury. We talked about Ian Anderson, who, you know, I don't even know if we want to get into that right now. But we talked about everybody. And we talked about Bryce Elder. But when it came time to bring two guys up to fill those spots, Bryce Elder was not either one of them. Bryce Elder has started in 10 Major League Baseball games for the Atlanta Braves. In those 10 games, he has posted a 2.5 ERA. He's pitched 60 innings with 53 strikeouts, 26 walks, and a 213 opponent's batting average. He's 23 years old. He's younger than both Schuster and Dylan Dodd. Yes. Started in 10 games and posted a 2.5 ERA. Why has he not stuck around? Okay. So, I don't have his game log in front of me. I do not have his game-by-game basis. Now, I will say one thing that did hurt Bryce Elder early on in his career. He came up last year, early on in the season, and he looked phenomenal from the jump. Um, the one concerning thing about Bryce Elder is, how many walks did you say? 26 walks in 50 innings? 60 innings. In 60 innings. Bryce Elder's pitching ability isn't really a pitching ability that can allow walks because he is definitely more of a pitch-to-contact guy. He did have a game against Miami last year, I want to say, where he struck out 10, which was an outlier. Um, he also had a complete game shutout against, uh, I want to say, Washington last year. So we, we did see you know some, some great things near the end of the season. 
Bryce Elder started the season hot with the Braves, ran into some good teams, and started to struggle. His role then for the rest of the season was to be a spot starter, getting ready for playoff, and we saw him face, I want to say he made three starts near the end of the year, two of them against either Washington or Miami, and then the other one was against either Washington or Miami. He, he faced two teams twice, or one team twice and the other team once. So he, they, we were definitely running him out against lower-end competition. Um, and I want to say that he had a relatively rough spring this year. So... It, it is a very, very weird thing. Um, he also mentioned Jake Odorizzi was somebody that was clogging up that roster spot last year. Um, he kind of had to be a guy that was making starts, I think. I think that's kind of what the Braves wanted to do with him. Um, this year was different. Um, it, it was surprising because you look at Bryce Elder. Bryce Elder is a guy that even though most people might not look at his ceiling as being very, very high. Um, and even I don't. I don't think Bryce Elder is a, a two. I think Bryce Elder is probably more of a four or a, 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 a solid three, a really good four. Um, definitely a great five. Um, his, his, his ability to miss bats is what kind of worries people. And I think they just wanted to kind of send him down to work on that control a little bit more. And obviously this year was a little bit different because with the stellar springs we saw from both Schuster and Dodd, it kind of felt like that had to be the move. I will say they did send down Elder pretty early on in spring. So they didn't really give him too much of a look, which was interesting. Um, now that he has had a chance though. Um, and obviously Kyle Wright is knocking on the door. I want to say April 11th or something like that is going to be the time he could be activated from the IL and he's going to be activated right away because I'm pretty sure he's going to be ready. Um, that's going to open a lot of eyes. So you're really going to give most of these guys one more time for the rotation. Um, you're going to give Schuster one more time. You're going to give Dodd one more time. I think Elder, um, is going to get another chance because I think that Freed is the 15th is whenever he gets, whenever he's eligible or the 13th or something like that. So I think all these guys are going to get one more trip to the rotation. And I think this next um, set is obviously going to be very, very meaningful because we do have, you know, some tough games coming up. We're definitely going to see Schuster have to go up against San Diego. Also, Dodd is going to have to face San Diego. So that's a, obviously a, a great lineup you face. And uh, Elder's probably going to get the easier part of it. He looks like he's going to be lined up to face Cincinnati. So, but I, I am intrigued to see how that, how that works out, who that fifth starter spot is going to end up being for the long run. I do think that, um, barring nothing else, uh, it, it's tough. I think that we are destined to see. Da, 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 da. I don't know. It's it's so hard because Dodd looked so good and so composed. I I I really liked how Dodd looked. Obviously, Elder looked great today. I did not get to watch the game because I uh. Was, was at work at the time. And uh, I, I do think Schuster needs more time. I will say that. I, I don't think That's Schuster's right. going to be the guy. Um, he did settle down really, really well and did eat like five innings. So that, that was a solid, you know, start after the terrible first inning he had. I just think that his pitch mix doesn't really play up great yet. I do think he can. Um, Getting better. Yes. His, his pitch mix is just kind of iffy. And if he's, he's another guy, if he's not staying in the strike zone, he's starting to let batters get on base, he can run into trouble. I think the thing for me, man, I know baseball is such a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately sport. I get it. Guys have great springs. You want it to translate. It doesn't always, but you want it to. Um, Especially early on, you know, immediately coming off of a hot spring, you know, get them in, benefit from that hot streak, and and let it ride out. I get that. But I'm just as guilty as anybody else, man. 
when we started talking about this pitching rotation and bringing a couple of young guys in, Bryce Elder, I mean, well, he was on our radar because we talked about him, but he wasn't number one or number two for me personally. I mean, I wanted Dodd and Schuster. Um, I'm a Schuster fan. I'm super biased towards Schuster. I'm super biased. I'm super biased towards all of these guys because I'm a Braves fan. But particularly Schuster, I've been riding the Schuster horse for a long time, so I want to see him come in. I want to see him succeed. I'm a big fan of his. But, I mean, I'm looking at a guy in Bryce Elder, man, who has started 10 games in the MLB for the Atlanta Braves and has allowed more than three runs once. This is a guy that, like you just mentioned, is he a pitch-to-contact guy? Sure. You know, it's not the most flashy guy. He's not a one or a two, for sure. But this is a guy that's done nothing but produce for you on a major league level. Nothing but do exactly what you ask of him. Bryce Elder's not a guy you call in and say, hey, bud, it's game seven. We need you to come out here and strike out 12 and dominate. You're not calling Bryce Elder for that. But what you're calling Bryce Elder to do is exactly what he's done 100% of the time. And in a series or in a rotation where you're missing two of your staples, or really one of your staples with Kyle Wright and then you know, a solid fifth starter. You're missing a staple and then a reliable fifth starter. I get the, the urge to bring in a guy like Schuster and Dodd to give him an opportunity and say, hey, what can you do? But, I mean, it just it feels a little bit crazy, man, to have a, this guy and Bryce Elder sitting there. And he just wasn't even – he didn't even get the shot, dude. And guess what? He gets one today, and he comes out there, and he pitches a gym. It's like – what more? I mean, what, I, I literally, you want guys to get better at the intangibles, right? You want them to get better at the pitch mix, and you want you know things to look better. You want them to be more aggressive. You want them to do better like this and like that. Like You can nitpick different things. But quite literally, for a 23-year-old Bryce Elder, what more can you ask this guy to do? I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I, I literally, I mean, you want him to give up two runs? You want him to give up one run? I mean, he didn't give up any today, but he's only given up more than three once. So, like, I don't. I don't really know what we're waiting on. Yeah, um, I I'm intrigued by it too. Um, I, I'm I'm looking back a little bit. He did have a stretch last year in April, from April 17th to April 30th. He made three starts, and those three starts, and uh, he never made it through five innings. Um, and he walked in April 17th last year he walked 5 and 4 and a third. He walked 6 in 4 and 2 thirds on April uh 24th and on April 30th he walked uh 3 in 4 and a third. Um obviously his he did he made five starts in the second half of the season. Um well, not really the second half um August 14th through the end of the year he made five starts all of them coming from Miami and Washington. And those starts he did um, only allow six earned runs through almost 30 innings pitch. So he did look really, really good in those starts. I do think that he's going to be a guy that gets a shot. Um, and it, it, it almost seems like he has to at this point. Uh, and it, it, it is kind of a weird question because obviously Braves fans out there, like me and you, we're sitting here like, oh, yeah, Mike Soroka's coming back. Well, I, I don't know if Mike Soroka has a spot. As, as, I'm saying, as, dude. As, 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 as bad as that sounds, if you have a guy up at the major league level right now pitching good baseball, I don't see a reason to send him down to bring up Mike Soroka. And I don't know what we're going to get from Mike Soroka. We haven't seen him pitch in three years. We saw Bryce Elder pitch today. Yeah. 
And before that, we saw him pitch in October, and then September, and then August, and April. Like, we got guys that we know what they can do right now. Yeah. And I love Mike Soroka. And I want Mike Soroka to come up, and I want him to win a Cy Young, and I want him to be everything that we ever wanted him to be and everything that he dreamt of. Excuse me, Michael. Yeah, my, my fault. I love this guy, dude. I love him. I want to see him come in here. I want to see him kill it. It doesn't matter who it is. He's a brave, and he's somebody that we've loved. He was our ace. People forget. Dude was, you know, record-breaking pace. You know, he was the the first, you know, not player type, but as far as, like, persona, he was the first Spencer Strider when things started off. And then, obviously, the injury bug and everything, and, you know, it just, he can't recover. I want to see him succeed more than anybody. But dang, dude, like, you talk about a risk bringing back Mike Soroka and expecting him to be what he used to be, that's a risk. Bringing a guy like Bryce Elder and, you know, trying to get a solid game from him when that's the only thing he's ever done for you, that's not a risk. It's just you weigh your options. And we're not bringing Mike Soroka in to be the one or two. We're not bringing Bryce Elder in to be the one or two. It's like, I don't know, man. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And at this point, I'm, I'm just looking at this dude, and I'm like, but he deserves, I, I think he deserves a long-term shot. I really do. And it's not something that I ever would have said because I never really looked at it like this. But now that I am, I'm like, come on, dude. Like, I'm on the Schuster train. I'm on the Dodd train now. Dodd looked amazing. I'm sure we'll talk about that in, in depth. But when you got a rapport with a guy like Elder and we've been able to see him do what he's done so far, it makes you wonder, man. And you're right. Anytime you got a pitcher that puts guys on base, it's a scary thing. But, hey, I'll tell you what, as long as you don't let them cross home plate, come on in, bud. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, I think it's also something with working deep in ball games. Um, obviously, you want guys to eat innings. And a fifth starter is also something that's very important with that. You want somebody to come in and, you know, eat five or six innings, you know, once every five days. And yeah. uh, if somebody's giving you that and they are, you know, giving up two to three runs a game, uh, I think you're perfectly fine with that uh, as a fifth starter, no doubt. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it, it is tough. Like I said, all these guys are probably going to get one more shot through this through this rotation before, you know, hopefully, you know, God forbid. Um, it, it is 100% healthy. We have Kyle Wright back and Max Freed back on the bump. Um, and that just leaves one spot. And right now there's three guys that are, you know, seem like they're really, really competing for that spot. Um, We'll see where it lands. That, that it, it's going to be a fun thing to keep up with. Now, we'll say this: a uh, 162-game baseball season is never perfect. We're going to see more stars go on the IL, so more guys are going to get chances. That's where we're going to see like a guy like Mike Soroka or Michael Soroka uh, really get a shot at some point. I'm sure we'll see him at the major league level at some point this year due to something like that. Now, Jesse Chavez might go on the shelf for a couple weeks, and they decide to call Mike Soroka for a long relief role. Who knows? There's a lot of different routes to the majors. That's the beauty of baseball, too, is because I can guarantee you that my opinion is going to change. Come July, I'm going to be screaming for Mike Soroka. So, don't come July, don't don't come looking for my receipts because I'm I'm offering them up now. Well, baseball is such a such a long season, man, and and we're talking so highly. We're we're one time. Well, I don't, we're we're you know we've had six games, so we were technically you know a time and one start through the rotation, but it's been six different guys. We've seen six different starters, yep. so. Um, but you know, who knows in two weeks from now, Bryce Elder or Dylan Dodd or Jared Schuster, they might've put together two, you know, really bad outings in a row. And our whole opinion might be changed at that point. Like, okay, 
now we need to do something. Now we now we need to bring somebody else up. Or we might send down Dylan Dodd and Bryce Elder might get lit up in two starts. Like, damn man, why we send up Bryce? Why we send out Dylan Dodd, man? That's that's the love about a baseball season. It is a uh, very very fun and recency is important um in baseball. Recency is very important because it's something you pay attention to day in day out. What have you done for me lately? I mean, we legit saw. Matt Olson strike out four times yesterday and go have had three extra base hits since today's game. So it's a, it's an interesting thing. Well, let's talk about some things that we know instead of projecting on things that could be. Okay. Um, Ronald Acuna's back. Oh, a hundred percent. Ronald Acuna looks fantastic. Um, I mean, we've been saying this, forever that Ronald Acuna is one of the best baseball players in the world and probably I mean in my opinion the most electrifying player in the MLB I agree and uh you know the injury and coming back last year and being kind of you know iffy with the injury situation really kind of hindered us being able to see that a full off season of being healthy playing in the world baseball classic coming back in spring training getting a couple games in starting the year Ronald Acuna is Full-fledged MVP candidate. 100%. When I look at a list of people that can change the momentum of a baseball game, um, there's not many people that can demoralize an opponent more than Ronald Acuna Jr. From every aspect of the sport, from running down a fly ball at the warning track and making a great play on it, to you know catching a one-hopper in right field and gunning down a runner coming home, so hitting a 440-foot shot that left the batter 115 miles per hour to beating out an infield single, then swiping second base on the first pitch. There is not a player in the game that can change the rhythm of a baseball game like Ronald Acuna Jr. can. Um, and, and I'm not going to say anything too crazy. I mean, there are some studs in the game like Shohei Otani and Aaron Judge. I mean, there's a lot of guys that can play baseball. But this guy, what he does in every aspect of the game of baseball, Obviously not pitching like Otani, but uh, every aspect of the game when it comes to defense and offense, um, he's flashy. He's fun to watch. Yep. He can make a team be like, damn, this guy is good at baseball. There's some really, really good baseball players that don't open a lot of eyes. Um, look at Jeff McNeil in New York. He's a really good baseball player. Hit what won the batting title last year. But when you're watching the Mets play, you're not sitting there like, damn, this guy's an ultra talent. Like Ronald Acuna is the complete opposite. He jumps off the board in every aspect of the game. I feel like he's added layers to his game. Um, you know, I don't know if he's just got older, smarter, wiser, whatever, but like, I mean, he's getting on base. His on base percentage is 433 right now. Yeah. Like, when you think Ronald Acuna, you think go out there, swing out of your shoes, do the shimmy and shake and the LeBron celebration, trot your way around the bases and, you know, stunt on everybody. I mean, 27 at-bats, this dude's about 370, 433 on base percentage, over 1,000 OPS. I mean, 17 total bases, he's already stole, uh, he's got two stolen bases so far. Like, like every single part of his game that we've seen flashes is back completely. I mean, this is 2019 Acuna right in front of our eyes. And it's crazy to think that we haven't seen him in so long because you start thinking, you know, 2019 season, MVP candidate. 2020, COVID year. 2021, the ACL. Last year, coming back from the injury, missed a lot of time. Like, this is the first full season that we've been able to see Ronnie since, I mean, it's three years, dude. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, remember the 
ACL season, the uh, World Series season, I mean, Ronnie was the best player in baseball through the first half. Yeah. I mean, I want to say a week or two for the All-Star breaks when he tore his ACL, and he was the favorite to win the NL MVP from then. Um, obviously, you mentioned 2019. I want to say that was the year that Ronnie had almost hit a 40-40 season, um, over 40 yep. home runs, like 37 stolen bases, really close to a 40-40 year. You're 100% right. Um, hopefully, unless, you know, something crazy happens, like another fluke injury, um, we get to see another full year of Ronnie. And you're right in the aspect of I feel like people have underrated Ronald a little bit. Um, and it's kind of mismatched, too, because he has been, like, kind of favorited to win MVP. I've seen a lot of people as the MVP picks, but I've also seen a lot of people, like, kind of saying that Ronald Acuna is not that great. <laughs> and and yeah. I, I think it's, again, because Ronald's a guy, you know, when everything's due round out, he's probably going to be closer to, like, a 270, 275 hitter. But that number doesn't matter. <laughs> like, no, realistic. If Ronald Acuna is walking and getting on base any type of way, um, hitting home runs and doing what he does, if you're getting on base forty three percent of the time, it doesn't matter what your other numbers look like. No, I mean it's kind of the Bryce Harper effect. People, you know, fell down on Bryce Harper for two to three years when his batting average dropped down to like two twenty. Um, and that, that's yeah. more drastic than what we're talking about with Ronald. But I mean, hell, you look at Harper those years. Harper still had like a three ninety on base percentage. People still did not yeah. want to pitch the ball to him. Like, it, it, it it's a weird thing. Um, and with a lineup that the Braves have constructed, like we mentioned earlier, um, Ronald is the perfect piece to be leading that off. Because, we, we, like I said, we've seen it so much already this season. I want to say every game of the St. Louis series, he let off the game with a single, it seemed like. Um, today, he let off a game with an infield single. He beat out the weak ground ball, beat out the first, and he gave Matt Olsen a chance to get him home. So, I mean, it, it just... When he's healthy and he has the burst he has, when Ronald's 100% healthy, he's a different type of player. And I think people are going to start really seeing that as the you know weeks go on and people kind of start seeing counting stats start to add up. i tell you what's really unfortunate with Ronald Acuna, Jake. We talked a lot about the 40-40 season, and it's just not going to happen. Because Matt also keeps hitting doubles. Thanks. Hey, man. <laughs> Ronald's going to have to go on the first pitcher. He's not getting 40 steals. Yeah. Thanks. Like. Dude, Matt Olson. I mean, we're talking about guys that we know what they can do. And Matthew Olson, dog. Joker's going to strike out, bro. He's going to strike out. He's going to strike out. But it doesn't matter because my man is hitting 308 with a 357 on base percentage and 1100 OPS and is leading the team in home runs with three, leading the team in RBIs with seven and total bases with 20. This man is. Killing it right now, dude. And I love him batting in the two hole. Yeah, it, it's perfect. Um, it really gets the game started off with, with the thump. Um it, it it's kind of funny to me that uh you know the strikeout number is is relevant, but not so much in today's game. Um people don't really worry about strikeouts as much as they used to. Um but there are a select number of fans out there that still do kind of concern themselves with the strikeout numbers and the batting average numbers and stuff. And those are the people that cannot stand Matt Olson. Those are the people that said Matt Olson had a down year last year when he still hit the 80 extra base hits. Um, Matt Olson is going to do what Matt Olson does. He's going to play great defense at first. Um, and he is batting, um, like you said, he's batting 308 right now. Don't expect that. Um, and he's going to hit 40 bombs. But he's, he's going to hit 40 bombs. He's going to hit 40 doubles. Matt Olson is an extra base hit machine. And that is exactly what you want hitting behind a guy like Ronald Acuna. Because guess what? If you strike out, Ronald's probably going to take second anyway. Like, Ronald's probably going to go ahead and move up a base. Um, 
But if you hit an extra base hit, if you hit a ball in the gap, Ronald's scoring from first. Like, he did it today. Ronald is lightning fast. Uh, Matt Olson is the perfect guy to hit behind him. And then you have, you know, Mr. Reliable at three with Austin Riley. Um, best top ten hitter in baseball over the past two to three seasons. Um, he is that guy. I feel like he kind of gets undershadowed a little bit because he might not be as flashy as a guy like Acuna, obviously. And, you know, he might not have, like, the... I don't want to say flashiness is Matt Olson, but I do feel like Matt Olson kind of is more of like your, you know, gap hitter. Like, it seems like every time Matt Olson yep. contacts with the ball, it's going to be something big. Where Austin Riley's more of like probably your more consistent hitter. Um, now, don't get me wrong, Austin Riley can hit some demoralizing shots, but he definitely is more of like your uh, prototypical, like, you know, he can hit some singles, he can kind of do it all. He's probably going to sit close for like a 280 type hitter. Um, where Olson's probably going to be more of like a 250 guy. Yeah. I mean,. What more can you say about Austin Riley, man? I mean, dude, I know we're biased, and this is a homer show, so I just don't have to feel bad about being biased. But, bro, how good does it feel to talk about the first three guys in your lineup and we just talked about three legitimate guys that couldn't mess around and win an MVP? It's crazy. It's crazy. Not many teams have that luxury. And now the good thing is, is that this Braves team is even deeper than that. I mean, you talk about three, but you can work your way down the lineup. Darno is not going to be an MVP candidate, y'all. It's no. never going to happen, but Darno is a consistent hitter. That was not the guy I was going to lead to, but I, I had to throw him in there. Um, Darno is Mr. Reliable, like, when, like for real. Like, I feel like we've been letting this guy get some reps at DH, and it's just like, oh yeah, Travis just gets to go out there and hit today, and he's just hitting. Like, that's, what, that's what he's yeah. doing. It's been a luxury, and I think people... It's kind of adding on to the Sean Murphy thing. Like, Murphy hasn't had the greatest of starts in Atlanta. I mean, one hit through 10 at-bats. But, I mean, look at what it's done for Darno getting some days off behind the plate. Darno's on the wrong side of 30. Pretty like pretty good on the wrong side of 30. Yeah. And now he gets the chance to be almost, in, you know, everyday DH. And he is really, really coming through. And you jump down the lineup a little bit. Obviously, Ozzy is a all-star caliber second baseman when healthy. He's had a pretty Pause. decent. Ozzy Albies, bro. I don't know if you've seen this. 23 plate appearances for Ozzy Albies. Struck out once. That is wild. I see that now. Yep, one strikeout, 23. You know, he's always been a pretty good, pretty good, uh, you know, put bat on ball. He's not going to walk a lot. He's not going to strike out a ton. It's kind of Ozzy's game. Um, Ozzy's issue, and I'm not going to say issue, but it was his issue last year. Um, it's just hard hits. I mean, last year we saw Ozzy hit so many like weak dribblers into the shift that it, it kind of, you know, made his numbers kind of low. If Ozzy can start getting more lift on the ball and start making more hard hard contact than he was the years prior. Um, he's gonna be just fine. Like Ozzy's gonna be a top five hitting second baseman in baseball. So, I've also always felt like Ozzy was a really impatient hitter. Um, you know, he's had a real big issue with swinging on first pitches his entire career. Mm -hmm. He's gotten progressively better at that, but. Especially this season, it seems like he's just matured a little bit and, you know, it's kind of settled more into the role that he really needs to play. And uh, another guy batting over 300 right now. Yep. Yep. Ozzy has had a really good start to the season. And you're right. I've seen him kind of work the ball all across the field. Um, there's been times where we've seen Ozzy kind of turn into a little bit of a slap hitter this year. And if that's what he needs yeah. to do, that's fine. Um, he did hit one the other day, a moonshot. Um, just kind of scraped over the wall, but it seemed like the ball was in the air for 10 seconds. Or it was a long time that ball was in the air. Um, oh, yeah. That's we'll, a lefty Aussie home run. Yeah, lefty Aussie home run. Yep, get real high up in the air um, and just float right over the wall. 
And it's funny because the guy we're not mentioning, and honestly, as a Braves fan, I've watched almost every game, and you could have told me this guy has played one game this year. And it's kind of funny because he is a reigning NL Rookie of the Year, but it seems like he's been pretty quiet thus far. I'm not saying he's been had a bad start to the season. He just hasn't really done anything eventful. Is Michael Harris. And let me let I'm going to let you guys know he's going to get hot. And when oh, Michael yeah. Harris gets hot, oh, boy, you think we're good right now. Wait until Michael Harris starts driving the ball. Um, He's had a couple a couple base hits. No no extra base hits so far this year. It's coming. Um, actually, he has an yeah, he does have a double this year. Um, but the extra base hits are going to start coming. Michael Harris is going to get you know dirty on the base pass. He already stole a base so far this year. Um, I'm sure we're going to see twenty plus from him. Um, he is going to change this lineup whenever he gets really really rolling. Yeah, and not to mention he's been playing amazing defense. Yes, yes, he has played great defense. Um, come to expect that from Money Mike in, in center. He's got a ton of range. Sometimes he kind of. I'm not going to say he misplays a ball, but there might be a ball that gets away from him, and it's like, damn, Michael Harris didn't catch that ball. And you're like, oh, wait, um, 97% of starting center fielders don't even have a chance to get that ball. <laughs> I saw something today that said that Michael Harris is the pettiest player in the MLB because he's struggling to get hits right now, so he's just stealing everybody else's. Facts, facts. That is true. Um, And, you know, we kind of rounded out the lineup. Um. And this is so funny to me. This is your problems in your lineup when you talk about Orlando <laughs> Arcia, uh, Eddie Rosario, and Marcelo Zuna, obviously Sean Murphy as well. Um, I'm going to tell you now, and don't get me wrong, these guys have not had the greatest start to the season. Eddie has not really you know, seen a ton of play time. We've seen Marcel get a, get a good bit of games. He's played in five of the six games so far. Um, that's a pretty good problem to have in a lineup like this. When you have so many sure hitters near the top, and then you have guys that are like thumpers at the bottom. Um, Marcel has one hit in 17 at-bats. I will say this. I have not been too upset with how I've seen Marcel. I feel like, he, I feel like it's going to come around. I do think he is hitting the ball pretty well right now. Um, I've seen him have a couple hard hit balls, you know, lining to the third baseman. Um, hopefully he starts turning some of those into hits. Um, but, man, he crunked one the other day. And Marcelo Zuna is probably top four on this Braves team when it comes to, like, true power. When it comes to guys that can, like, absolutely obliterate a baseball. I'm going to say top four because I don't think he's up there with Matt Olsen, Austin Riley, or Ronald Acuna. I think those guys are kind of different. But I think outside of those guys, when it comes to a guy that, like, comes up the bat and just gets a hold of one, I, I think he's up there. Mar- Marcelo Zuna can crank a baseball. Eddie's going to get hot. We saw in the World Baseball Classic, I do think it kind of takes more of a toll on people. Um, obviously you're playing more legit baseball earlier on in the year. I think he kind of gets adjusted. And uh, Sean Murphy's going to be fine. He'll, he'll, the hits will start coming around. He, we didn't really get him yeah. as a huge offensive guy. I, I don't think that people understand that that's not really his main value. We've seen his main value already kind of play out so far this year. His main value is his defense behind the plate. Um, good luck running on this cat because he will gun you down easily. Yeah, it doesn't matter how big the bases are, buddy. Mm-hmm. And Sean Murphy, I mean, he's only seen the batter's box 10 times, so he'll get more reps. One thing about Marcel I want to say, <clears throat> you mentioned it, one hit in 17 at-bats. That could be a little bit of a misleading stat, and I'm glad you hit on it a little bit, but he's not striking out a ton. He's drawn three walks. He's, he's drawn second-most walks on the team so far, and, you know, by far less ABs than a lot of other guys. And he's hitting the ball hard. He's just having a hard time finding the grass. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to come around, man. We've been on this train, Kenny. Me and you have been on yep. this train of saying that Marcelo Zuna is going to come back around. We've seen him play way too much good ball. And he's not a defender no more. I mean, actually, I will say this. Marcelo's looked better in left field this year than he's looked in the past. 
way better. Marcel now. Marcel looks more athletic this year than he has in the past, which is weird. He looked less athletic today with Eddie playing left. Because Eddie looked good. Eddie did look good. I, I saw some of the plays Eddie made. I also saw Eddie make a sliding catch two days ago. Um, he came in, pinched hit for old Kevin Pillar late in the game, came in, made a nice defensive play. Eddie is an athlete, though. Eddie looks kind of funky sometimes out in there in left field. He looks a little bit uncoordinated. But he, he is athletic enough where he can make the plays. Big gun Goldie down today. I saw that. I saw Eddie. Eddie had a had a great throw home to gun down Goldie. It was awesome. Yeah, man, this team, man, it, it's so it's so funny because baseball season's so back, and we're just like rambling on. But we've only played six games. Imagine whenever we get to like fifty-seven games in season. Mm. Oh, it's gonna be fun. And uh, really, really an exciting time because we got the home opener tomorrow. Yep, home opener tomorrow. I will be in Atlanta on Friday night for game two of the San Diego Padres series. I want to say that is lined up to be a uh, lined up to be a Mr. Jared Schuster start against Nick mm-hmm. Martinez. So that's that's gonna be pretty fun. I, I don't think Schuster is announced yet, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna be his. I think he's gonna make another one. Like I don't I don't think they're gonna. I don't know who they would call up to start for him. So I'm assuming yep. he's gonna get another one. Tomorrow is going to be an electric strikeout fest. I'm excited for tomorrow. Yeah, and I want to say that it is City Connect Day. I think tomorrow is. Is it? Yes, I want to say that the home opener, we are wearing our City Connect uniforms. So Let's go. So we got dads coming to town. We got Blake Snell, Strider, City Connect uniforms, home opener. What an electric night, dude. It's either then or Friday, but I would think that we would not. I don't know. I don't know how City Connects work. I didn't really pay too much attention to them last year. I, I don't know if there's like a certain day or like if you have to be at home or on the road or what it is. Um, I would assume it's home. It would make only it only makes sense to wear your City Connect uniforms at your home stadium yep. <laughs> in your city. Um, obviously, the Braves are famous for wearing red on Fridays, so I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's something that they would really want to really opt in too much. Um. I, I think it's tomorrow. I'm pretty sure they're wearing City Connect uniforms. Um, and you're right. Spencer Strider against this electric San Diego Padres lineup. Um, it's going to be fun. Um, the Padres are tough. I mean, Xander Bogarts is leading the National League in home runs. They're tied for it right now at three. Um, that team is 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 very, very good. I mean, they haven't had the best of starts, I want to say. I think they're, what, three and four or something like that. Um but that lineup can do damage, so just keep an eye out for that series. Um, they're three and three currently, and they've got one, arguably the best player in baseball right now. Are you talking about uh, Bogarts? Yeah, yeah, Bogarts looks great. Um, good to see, man. I've always, I've always been a big Bogarts fan. I like Alexander. Yeah. Um, He's killing it right now. I look who the scheduled starter. For Thursday, for oh Blake Snell, Spencer Strider, that is a fun, yeah. fun matchup. Strikeout fest. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Um, talk about the Braves facing a million lefties through the first Dude. seven games. Have you seen our splits? Are we killing lefties? We are murdering lefties. I mean, what we played six games, but we faced four lefties. I'll tell you, I just had them pulled up. Corbin Gore. Um, today we faced a righty with Michaelis, or Michaelis, however you want to pronounce it. Um, we faced Josiah Gray in the last game against Washington. Or not the last game, the second game against Washington. Gore was the last game. Who did we face? Um, Matt, we faced Matt. He's a lefty. Um, who was the game, who was game one of 
St. Louis. Monday, Monday. Jake Woodford. He was a righty. Yeah, I think Wood. Yeah, Woodford's a righty. So we faced three and three. Three righties, three lefties so far. But it has felt like we faced a lot of lefties. Nick yeah, we've got. Uh... Where are we at? Bear with me. Nah, you're good. Yeah, Bogarts, he's hitting 409 this year with seven ribs, three home runs. 955 slug. Talk about Seth Lugo being a starter this year with Saint San Diego. Yeah, dude. He's been playing good. Yeah, one game, seven innings pitch, four hits, one run, seven Ks. Look at some of their stats right now. Musgrove's on the 15-day. Um, Tatis, obviously, suspended. He's going to be a big, big, big guy when he gets back. It's going to be nice to see the Braves back at home, really. That's what oh, I'm my gosh, for. yeah. I'm struggling to find my page, but I'll get there. Trying to find the Braves team stats? He's lefties? Yeah, I found an individual. But I lost where I had team stats. It's always hard to find team stats super early on in the year. Like, especially splits like that. Yeah, it is kind of a weird thing. Um... I can tell you this. I'm pretty sure Travis Arnold is batting like 800 with a 1500 OPS against lefties right now. So for the team, the Braves as a whole, we've had 69 at bats versus lefties. Um, 21 hits, two doubles, two home runs. We're batting 304 with a 385 on base percentage, and we have an 805 OPS against lefties. We'll say this: we're batting 264 against righties, but we have an 837 OPS with seven home runs and 106 at bats versus righties. Macking them boys. So we're hitting for a higher average against lefties, but we're hitting with more pop against righties. I think we've got five players in the lineup that are batting 350-plus against lefties. Damn. That's crazy. We're also pitching very well to lefties. Um, opponent batting average of 169 against lefties as a team. Versus righties, opponent batting average of 306. Blake Snell had a very impressive start in his first go-around. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. He's got a six. He's got like a six ERA. Well, he got hit around a little bit, but he struck out nine, and I feel like Blake Snell doesn't strike out that many people. <laughs> Maybe I'm tripping, but when I watch Blake Snell pitch, I feel like he's not a strikeout god, and he struck out the same amount of guys as Spencer Strider. Yeah, I'm looking at his game log last year. He had a couple starts. Uh, he had one start that had 13. Um, he's so-so. Yeah, maybe I'm tripping. He had a couple pretty good ones. He strikes out usually about six, seven. He'll get some against the Braves. Um, 
pitched against Philly. Well, that was last year. Um, this year, who he faced Colorado? Yeah, Colorado, four point four and a third, six hits, three runs, um, ninety three pitches. So they made him pitch. Yeah, they did. That's only with one walk. Four and a third, six hits, one walk. A lot of uh, a lot of stud pitchers had a rough first start. Yeah, this year. yeah. There's a lot of guys out there that they definitely started the season off rough. Um, Scherzer has now had two pretty rough starts. Scherzer's been getting hit. I mean, Degrom just pitched a gym, but he got smacked around opening day. Uh, Corbin Burns has been getting hit around. If he wants out of Milwaukee, they ain't think it's funny. Uh, Manoa got smacked. Opening day. I'll tell you who uh, looked great. Um, talk about Sandy Alcantara. Mm. Boy, one hit shutdown against Minnesota. You know, you want to know the time of that game with the new with the new rule changes? What was it? An hour and fifty minutes. Oh my word! I'd be so upset. Actually, I think it was a three-hit shutout. I think it was six total hits among the teams. Both teams had three hits, and uh, the Marlins had one run. Also, Kenta Maeda has had a really good start to the season. Minnesota. Good to see Maeda pitching good ball. Hey, you else? Looked really, really good. Mr. Grayson Rodriguez. Oh, yeah, he did start today, didn't he? Made the Major League debut. Yup. Five innings pitched, four hits, two earned, five strikeouts, 83 pitches. Yep, not bad. Not bad for the first one. I want to say he went on like a little bit of a roll too, right? Retiring batters. Yeah, he gave up his two runs in the first inning. He got a notification that said he had retired like his last some odd amount of batters. Um, Unfortunately, he was uh, (laughs) playing across from Mr. Jacob DeGrom that – through 92 pitches in six innings, gave up two hits, one earned, and 11 strikeouts. Yeah, DeGrom is a monster. Um, I like that Texas team. Dude, you and me both. I really, really like that Rangers team. I think that they could make some noise this year. I mean, it's a tough division. It's a tough crowd you're playing against, but hey, you got to do something. They're out there playing in the AL West. So, I mean, you have, you have Seattle, you have the Angels, you have Houston. Um, you got some dogs out there. For sure. Um, Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease impressed again today. Dylan Cease is a yep. guy. Um, Spencer Strider, the American League, is what I would say. Um, he's very, very fun to watch. Um, like I said, the Brewers, they swept the Mets. Um, NL Central won that battle. I guess they had to get back on the Braves, sweeping the best team in the NL Central. And it happened in a walk-off fashion. Old Garrett Mitchell. Walk off home run. I'll say he has three bombs in the year. Nobody probably ever heard of him before the season started. Nope. I love baseball season, man. So you're talking about Garrett Mitchell. Yeah, it's so fun checking around the league. I will say, uh, you know, friend of the Braves, former Brave guy, Dansby Swanson. I want to say he's pretty starting off the season pretty hot right now. He is doing well. He is doing well. I cannot wait for him to get booed in September. Can't wait for it. It's going to be epic. Um, also, I will tell you a former Brave that has started the season very, very hot, and that is Mr. Adam Duvall. 
Yes, sir. 476 batting average, two home runs, nine RBIs, and a 1.542 OPS to start the season in Boston. And that's including a walk-off home run the other night. Doovy is hot. And he is a guy that will not get brave, not get booed by Braves fans. No, he will not. Awesome. But when you join the Chicago Cubs and say that it's very obvious that the Chicago Cubs are the fan, the best fan base in all of American sports, and then you make your return to the city in which you were born and raised and grew up a fan and cut your teeth in the MLB, brother, you will get booed. Yeah, no doubt. You're going to get booed. Um, it's, it's a messy thing Mr. Dansby got himself into. Man. Yes, it is. Um, I'm not going to act like I dislike Dansby Swanson for any reason, but I said it from the jump. We lost Freddie Freeman the year before. Losing Dansby Swanson doesn't mean a damn thing to me. Not at all. And that was with a guy like Matt Olsen coming in compared to a guy like Orlando Arcee. And that's no disrespect to Orlando Arcee, but there's levels there. Like, Dansby was a damn good brave, but you lose a franchise legend the year before. People act like the world was about to end because we lost Dansby Swanson. I was like, man, y'all crazy. Yeah, you don't. It ain't like that. Right. He got his bag out in Chicago playing good ball. Um, They'll probably win 70 games, 68 games this year. It'll be fine. Also, I want to say, if you're stat watching, I think uh, Ozzy Albies and Austin Riley are both at 99 home runs. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, I I didn't know Riley was. I did know Ozzy was. I saw how they mentioned that on the broadcast today. Um, shout out Brandon Godden too, a guy we haven't really talked about on the podcast. Bro. Yeah, Brandon Godden has came in and done really, really good work in the booth. I've really enjoyed He's his it. his calls. I think him and Jeff are very, very entertaining together. Dude, Jeff seems to. I'm curious to know if there's a little Chip Carey Jeff beef. Because he seems to be rejuvenated. Yeah, Jeff sounds really good. Um, it's very, very exciting to see. Um, I did watch some of the Chip Carey calls the other day. I saw the one Me where too. Austin Riley hit a home run. He was like, "Yep, deep shot, left field." Austin Riley. It was. It wasn't the one he hit like four hundred seventy something. It was the other one he hit, and he was. It was funny. He's like, yep, deep drive, left field, Austin Riley, ball's gone. I saw a Cardinals fan on Twitter saying, man, before the game, I was thinking, we're getting on some really good insight on this Braves team. And then I forgot that Chip Carey had been play-by-play guy for 20 years. Mm Mm-hmm. And I saw him call uh, Austin's 473-foot home run and said, well, that one's walloped. Yep. So you had to get the walloped in there. Wouldn't be a Chip Carey call without it. Um, I'm waiting on a swing and a drive. Swing and a drive. The field and it is caught by Mars. It's caught by Torres Dolaire right in front of the track. Thank you, Chip. Got me worked up for nothing. Dude, Gordon's killing him. I'm a big fan of Gordon. Yeah, he has a good voice for it too, and it seems like him and Jack are having fun. The other day they were talking about it. Apparently they went out in like a bar or something. I believe it. Telling some story. They were talking about how they were going to go back, and Jeff was like, "No, nah, I'll just take it to Top Golf." <laughs> that was pretty cool. I guess it is. Yeah, like, cool. I don't, I don't know Gordon's age. Um, assuming Gordon's probably like late forties. I'm sure it is good, cool for Jeff though to have somebody a little bit closer in age to him. Um, you know, Jeff's probably 
late thirties now, early forties. Um, Let's Google it. I don't know how old Brandon Godden is. I'm gonna say forty-eight. Thirty-nine. Brandon Godden's thirty-nine. Yep. Oh yeah. So they're definitely having fun. Yeah, man. This Bray's team. Everything's been great, even to the broadcast. Same age. Same exact age. That is. Yeah, they're they're having fun, man. This. Season's already been kicked off right. Garden might be the good luck charm too. Done you. At five and one with Garden in the booth. Thank you, Brandon. I was ready to see Glav get back in there for a little bit. Yeah, bring him on. I think Glav's supposed to do like sixty games this year. I'm ready to see more Moilo. Moilo. We'll say I'm this. Hoping that'll come with the home games. If you're a fan of this podcast, I'm sorry to say this. Maybe maybe it's just that Brian Jordan not in the booth no more that Braves are winning games. <laughs> Let me tell you this right now. There is not one thing about Brian Jordan being absent from this Braves season that doesn't make it better. Thousand percent. Thousand percent sure. Um and it's hilarious to think that he turned down the Braves. It and is they, that they offered to bring him back and he said no. That's, I'm sure it's something to do with the Apple TV thing, because I want to say he was the main guy they had last year. Um, probably getting banked from that. But, dude, Brian Jordan is terrible in a booth. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's so bad. Brian Jordan is that old baseball player that the way he talks, you would think he was Hank Aaron. Yeah. But you'd really love to see Ronnie get a little bit down on that ball. What? Shut up, Brian. You think he has insight for he knows how to make every single player on the team better. Yes. Yes. Which is absolutely terrible. And Jordan. I will say I am missing a little bit of Paul Bird down in the dugout. Yeah, no so birdie. Missing a little tough. birdie. I know Birdie has some uh some issues. Prayers out to Birdie. I know his wife's doing better. There's some yep. pretty weird stuff about that. I saw he posted something that said he almost lost his wife in the offseason. What happened? Uh, she had some health condition or something. She's fine now, but said he wanted yeah. to take the year off after that. I was like, yeah, don't blame him. Love you, Birdie. Love you, Birdie. All I need is... What's the the Valley guys? Trevor Scales. Who, which one's the young black dude? Trevor Scales. I love him. Yeah, Trevor Scales is awesome. He does the Hawk stuff, too. I about to say, I've seen him do the Hawk stuff. Yeah, Trevor Scales is really good. Trevor Scales, Moilo, Jeff, Brandon, obviously Kelly Cruel. Kelly Cruel's a goat. Yeah, Kelly Cruel's good, too. And, uh, Birdie. What about Greeny? You leaving out Nick Green? Oh, I do like Nick Green. I do Nick like Green Nick Green. Solid. I'm tripping. Nick Green's solid. I like Nick Green. He, um, I think he was hammered. Yesterday, because he was slurring every word. I don't so, know. I think so. he might have been at the he might have been at the bar with Gordon and Jeff. Probably so. But uh, bro was struggling to get some words out. But yeah, yeah, I like Greeny. I'm happy you mentioned Trevor Scales, man. I I will say that he kind of you know ever since Jerome Jerenovich retired, it's kind of seemed like we had a little bit of a void there. Yeah. You know, like the Valley pregame and stuff. Jerome was awesome. Jerome was really good for a long time. Um, but Trevor Scales is really, really, really good. I enjoy him a lot. He kind of brings some energy, right? Right from the get-go. I like him, too. I just can never remember his name. Yep, Trevor Scales. I want to say that is his name. He was actually used to be a, a college football player, I want to say. Really? Yeah, I think Trevor Scales is actually a 
Probably a dog. Yeah, he was a, uh, I want to say, yeah, he played, uh, he was a running back at Harvard. So he's a genius. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, Trevor Scales. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of his as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't really keep track of a lot of stuff. I know some people are probably going to tell you exactly when he joined. Like, I, I thought this was Chris Medlin's first year, and apparently he's been on the brace for two years now, three years now. I did not know that. Really? Yeah. Um, but Scales, Scales is good. Stats. Can't, dude. I just can't wait. Have you seen the Ludacris commercial? I don't think I have. You haven't the City Connect commercial with Luda? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen it. I know what you're talking about. City Connect. Like, yeah. In the in the outfield with like jacked up diesels. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's so sick. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't pay attention when you were talking about when are we wearing them. I didn't pay attention to what the date was. I will I say this. Assumed. The first City Connect program in MLB the show, you know how last year they did it? Yeah. The first one is the Braves and it comes out on Friday's content release. So it's gotta be Thursday. You would think Friday's content release has a Braves uh, team as a Braves uh, City Connect uh, conquest map and stuff. Oh, that's cool. By the way, MLB the show is not everybody. We talked about it for a long time. It's finally out. Me and Kenny have been grinding. Teams are looking fantastic. We're balling out. Teams are looking good. One sec. I'm actually just going to Google when the Braves were a City Connect. Um, no, it's every Saturday home game. So they will wear them Saturday. Saturday. Against San, uh, against San Diego. Saturday. Okay. Every Saturday. Every Saturday home game is whenever City that's, Connect uniforms get worn. That's pretty cool. That is cool. That's, that's, that's a good thing. Um, that way we can, it's Masters Week, and we can wear red on Sunday for Tiger. Yeah, red Fridays for Braves. City Connect, Saturday. What? City Connect. Wait, red, Sunday, Tiger. What? Tiger, smart man. Thank you, Tiger. Oh, well, we're, at, we're at an hour 15. Can you think it's a good time to wrap the thing up? Yeah, I probably need to get out of here, check out my MLB show team. Never a bad plan. Never a bad plan. It's Never. been a fun episode, though. Kind of rambled for a yeah. while, but hey. It's baseball season. We're going to do some rambling, and uh, that's the best time to ramble because the boys are back, and by the next episode, we'll have played... 15 more games. So <laughs> that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Back, right back to it. We might be dogging. We might be dogging Marcelo Zuda next episode. Who knows? Nah, we don't you never dog know. People. We don't. We'll be, we'll be calling for Marcel to be traded and waiting on Mike Soroka to make an appearance. Marcel might still be hitting 0 6 5, and me and Kenny still might give a reason to keep him in the lineup. I agree. That but, is but, the type but, of fans we are. Yeah, <laughs> he's batting zero six five, but but that makes the velocities. Let me tell you, Marcel's hit three home runs in the past three weeks, and all of them has traveled over th- 
over 435. When he gets a hold of a ball, he really connects with one. Hey, I'm telling you, Marcel has hit seven home runs in the past two days, but just six of them were foul. (laughs) (laughs) At some point, you've got to start thinking that's going to find. Yeah, at some point, you got to start thinking it's going to find fair territory. (laughs) I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Oh, the Marcel love never goes away. That's like Schwarber in the World Baseball Classic. I watched him hit five home runs in one at bat. Schwarber would do that. Four of them went foul. I was like, golly. And they weren't showing them go outside the foul pole. I just saw it come off the bat, and I was like, let's go. And I was like, wait a minute. Why is he not running? That's where Schwarber – you talk about, like, demoralizing home runs. Schwarber's another guy you got to talk about. He hit one the other day, man. Schwarber's home runs all look the same. He just, like, yanks, like, a 470-foot shot every time it seems. Yes. It's like Otani home runs. Yeah, like Otani. Just yanks. Every time. It's like as soon as it leaves the bat, you know it's gone. Oh yeah, it's kind of uh, Matt Olson's kind of like that. Who mm. he's kind of piecing the ball up right now, but sometimes when, Matt Olson hits some a little bit like center cut, and I'm kind of like reading it like, is that going to be like a double off the wall, or is that like it's ten rows up? Yeah, he doesn't always yank him. He he's, like he'll drive one like left like left center field, kind of opposite yeah. field a little bit. It's like, damn, where's that ball? It's kind of Freddie esque. Freddie used to do the same thing. Yeah, where he kind of just like scoop one up center field and you're like i don't know if that's going to be caught where the center fielder standing right now or i don't know if that's going 450 feet that's the beautiful thing about matt olsen playing in atlanta too yeah, that man probably terrorizes the chop house roof oh yeah we're about to see some fun we're about to see it happen dude i'm so excited i just can't wait to watch a home game plus 720 720 first pitch that's perfect time for for a game start in my opinion oh yeah and i'm off work Saturday, off work friday and then we go well, we got the dads. Dads come to town, and then we go to, or no, since he comes to town. Yep. Right. Yep. And then we go to San Diego. Um, let me pull it up right quick. I know we do have the Padres for four, and I want to say it's the Reds for three. Um, then we go back to San Diego at some point. I don't know if it's after Cincy or. Then we go to Kansas City, then San Diego, then we're back home. Okay. Then we're back home April twenty first for a three game set over the weekend against Houston, which is going to be a lot of fun. Those San Diego uh, away games are going to be nice too because those like nine o'clock first pitches are kind of cool when you get them every once in a while. Yeah, we got a we got a nine forty Monday on April seventeenth. Uh, that Tuesday's a nine forty, and then that Wednesday's a four ten. So isn't uh, Friday's game the Apple game? Yes, Friday's game is the Apple game. Uh, April twenty first, the Friday game against Houston is also the Apple TV game. Um, Sunday is actually Sunday night baseball for ESPN. Oh, that's cool. It's a uh, Dodd versus Lugo. That'll be interesting. So that's gonna be pretty fun. Who's pitching Saturday? Um, Saturday's Chuck. So we got we're, we're going to be lined up for Strider, Schuster, Chuck, and Dodd. And it seems like Monday's uh, series opener against Cincinnati seems like that's going to be Elder's time. So then it should be So we'll go Strider, Schuster, Chuck, Dodd. Mhm. Elder Kyle Maybe Elder Strider than Kyle. To then Kyle? Yeah. Because that Kyle start would line up with a Schuster start. Yeah, I guess you're right. 
Um, I mean, unless they just wanted to give Strider an extra day, which I would not be against. No. Um, I like it. So yeah, we're probably we're probably lined up to see. We're lined up to see. Uh, you're right. We're lined up to see right somewhere in that Cincy series, and I want to say in that Kansas City series, we're lined up to see Reed again. Yeah, I was gonna say by the time the rotation turns over again, Max should be back. Mm-hmm. So come mid April, come come that away series against San Diego and Houston, then the home series against Houston, we should be back full go. Let's go. And that sets baby. us up well because right after the Houston series, we have a four game set against Miami and a four game set against New York, and then a three game set against Miami. So we have what uh, eleven consecutive games that are in division. So be nice to get the guys back rolling by then. So we go Miami, Mets, and then. So we're Houston at home, Miami at home, then we travel to New York, and then we travel down to Miami, and then we got Baltimore at home. So there's 11 games there from Miami to New York to Miami? Mm-hmm. Not only is it 11 division games, but it's 11 cupcake games. That's 11 easy ones. Yeah, that's really nice. I had those yeah. to the record. 11 minor league lineups we get to face. 161-1 incoming. Let's go. Let's go, baby. All right, we should probably get out of here. All right, that's a good idea. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, check us out on the podcast, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Peach State Tailgate. If you're listening to us on the podcast, come check us our beautiful faces out. Um, find us on YouTube, Peach State Tailgate. We go live about every Wednesday. Um, not gonna say every, but majority of Wednesdays at about 9 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and if you miss it, you can always just check back on YouTube and watch some of the past, you know, recordings. They're still there in the live feed section even after we're done with them. So just check it out. Um, so thank you guys so much, Kenny. Pass the torch to you. Go Bravos. Thank y'all for checking us out. We'll be back and uh, go Braves, baby. Oh, yeah.